I tell you, we Californians, it makes me smile. Makes me smile, but we're here. Where two or three are gathered, all is well. I say, as you enjoy this quiet corner. And here we are. So you ready? You know what you're ready for? Good. So let's take a conscious, connected breath then, and let's see if we can realize that wonderful good we're here to unravel. So we're going to center ourselves. The quickest way to get in touch with our source is by consciously focusing on the breath. I'm breathing. And that's all I have to think about. I'm breathing. And the breath of life is breathing me. And there I am, bathed in that power, in that presence, in that energy. And it is flowing all around me, too. And there's no place where God is and I am not, and there's no place where I am and God is not. How amazing is it to know this, even just to contemplate it while we're on our way back into the experience of it fully. So I breathe in that energy, that power, and that presence, and I let it saturate my whole being settling my whole being into that comfort, into that ease, into that quietness, into that stillness that reveals itself, the truth of itself, just as I am simply present and listening, just being. So in order for me to know, to experience, and to express, the only thing that is required is me just being, being. Awake, alert, here, now, present. And in that moment, no, the fullness of life is available to me. And it's available to me from within me. And so I breathe again, and as I breathe, just allow the body to settle down, become comfortable, to become light, to become loose, to become open and receptive to the flow of that power, that presence, that vitality, that energy that is unifying. Now I'm going to breathe the breath into every part of my bodily being. I'm going to breathe it in and let it fill my head, fill my neck, fill my shoulders, fill my arms, fill the trunk of my body, and right down to the very tips of my toes. And as that breath does so, I feel comfortable and more light as being. And the body rests. And the body goes into its perfect rhythm that sustains, maintains, and supports the life system of this material body. I simply breathe in the presence, breathe out the presence, remind myself I am the presence and it's everywhere around me about me, above me, below me, and here I am. The breath within the breath of life itself, of lightness, of being. 
So I allow myself those luxurious moments, those moments of presence, and I become faceless and formless and allow myself simply to be energy, light energy, unified energy, in perfect flow and rhythm in the sea of infinite energy. Being what I am in truth. And as I enjoy this sense and sensibility of the interior truth of being, I listen. That's all, I simply listen. I listen to whatever it is I'm hearing, whatever the noise might be. I'm just listening. I am not holding on to any thought, I'm listening. And what I hear, I just register, interesting, I keep listening. allow myself to become listening-oriented and thought-free, feeling the energy itself, just breathing it in and it out, just breathing, just being, the quickest way to unifying all aspects of my life. Presence, listening, breathing. Now I breathe in and out to the word help. As I do, I know that's health of mind. I'm breathing health of body and mind. Health of emotion and health of spirit. And I'm allowing that energy to unify itself in one aspect. breathing in, life energy and out, life energy, and only life energy. And as I breathe in this life energy, this health energy, I know it's in the whole body of all of my affairs and everything pertaining to me, health. A unitive energetic energy. Health, wholeness, fullness, completeness. And so I know I am that I am that bright of light 
that's my truth. And that always has been my truth and always will be my truth. Regardless of what happens on the material planet Earth. Regardless of my human experiences. And the breath of life. And the breath of life is me. The breath within the breath within the breath within the breath. A sea of cosmic energy all flowing in unity and harmony and perfect rhythm. And so I sit in the silence for a moment and I listen to the thundering within it and what that alert and vital silence brings to and through me. So now, now indeed to own the body once more, ready and very able to be the best of myself in form on three-dimensional planet Earth, eager and keen to fulfill why I'm here, to self-realize, assist and support all of life to self-realize through goodness and kindness and love and peace and joy, compassion and wisdom and grace and understanding through the power, through the presence of that which expresses in this form and through this form and by means of this form. So I bless this thing called the self of myself and physicality and the greatness that is within it. And I know that every conscious moment I awaken into advances me lightens me, takes me closer to self-realization, 
and my awakening. And all the good that I desire for myself, I desire the very same good for everything and everyone in all of creation. For there is only the one, and the one is all there is. And I intend to know myself as I am known in spirit. To know all of life as life is known in spirit. As that which is good and very good. So I bless all of life in its beautiful and amazing diversity. I salute it all as the one thing, the God I am the infinite being and expression, the one mind moving through everything and everyone. And in the state of blessing and being blessed, in deep gratitude, I send forth this stated word out into the cosmos, throughout all there is, knowing it is already responded to, as I, in faith and gratitude, say. And so it is. And so it is, my dear ones. So how are you all doing? Oh, for heaven's sakes. All right, by the time we leave, will be expressing that, yes? I have my little book with me again, and another little book in case I need it. This one is the first book that Ernest, well, no, it's the second book. This is the, this thing called life, it's now called The Art of Life, the second book. The first one is this thing called you. And they're so sweet, and they are so poetic, and they are so, very mystical and a very easy read compared to this one. Until it becomes a very easy read, that is. So this one I would, I recommend all the books that ever I share with you as, well of course you'll then turn into what I have, cairns of books stacked everywhere even though all the bookcases are full. That's what happens. Uh, and nowadays, of course, it doesn't have to happen because you can download them on your phone, all of them, if that's what you like, or on your various and sundry gadgets. But I like the, the organic um, nature of a book. So as we were sharing last week um, with regard to Ernest Holmes talking about the one and never being separated from the one, no matter what, and especially in your darkest, most um, trying moments, that's the time when you must not ever separate from the one. And he says to do that would be unthinkable. That's the one time really when we need to just keep knowing, knowing there's something greater going on other than all of this stuff that we all have to contend with. 
But the page I opened today was interesting because it kind of links with what we were doing last week. And this is on page um, 364, and it's the section on finding the Christ, finding the Christ. And as you know, the Christ is simply cosmic consciousness, infinite intelligence, uh, understanding how life with capitals works and what it is, um, not just in the universal sense, but also in the personal sense. Because sometimes we get lost in the universal sense of the oneness and we think it's all out there and over there and somewhere. And we forget, of course, it's flowing right through us out there, somewhere, everywhere, and so on. And so in this section, he says, what is it we need for greater freedom? Now, you and I may not be thinking about freedom much of the time, but that's what we're all looking for, freedom. But from what? I think mostly from ourselves, our small selves. I think that's the only thing we need to seek freedom from, <laughs> our little small selves, our little boxed-in selves, you know, that limited sense we have of ourselves as we feel, as some people say, all too human. And that's n a nice way for somebody to say they might be a real you-know-what's-it, but they're just, you know, too human after all. So this freedom thing is very important for you and for me. Nothing but a greater realization of what we already know is what we're looking for. We should never hesitate to say that we know the truth because we do. For the realization of the unity of God and man, remember, in those days it wasn't inclusive language, so don't get upset. Man means humanity. And eventually we'll probably rewrite all the books and use the unitive declarations of statements. Man is, uh, the unity of God and man is the truth. We simply need a greater realization of this. So how are we to get it, he says? Only by penetrating deeper and yet deeper into our own divine nature. It's a bummer sometimes because we're all caught up and we're in the busyment of the embodiment and we haven't got time and we have to do this and we have to do that and we have to do the other and I, my life is so busy and uh, I don't have much time for digging deeper into the divinity of myself. And it's not that we say that to ourselves in so many words, but we show it by the way we live our lives. And yet that's what it's all about, Alfie. He says, we must be pushing further and further back into the infinite essence of our being. Well, as you go about every single day and you bump into all the people out there, do you think that's what everybody is doing, pushing further and further back into the infinite essence of their being? The answer is yes, but they don't know about it. And the answer is yes, and some are going about it in a very slow way. So the whole idea is to what? Come back to being an awakened state. Recognition, 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 forward. Recognition, recognition. 
insist upon the self, Emerson, insist upon the self, insist upon the self, insist upon the self. One, 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 one comes home. And we hear this all the time, but what are we doing with it and where is it going after we hear it? Well, where are we to do this, he says. <laughs> there is no place except within that we can do this. Now, every single metaphysical book that you're going to pick up, or any book of any kind of wisdom, is going to lead us there. Look within, look within, look within. Look within, go within, go within. And the first thing you and I do when we're in need is go without. And we are supposed to, you know, insource instead of outsource. And once we've insourced, then we'll be led to the outsources. Go within. And he has it written in capital. There is no place except within that we can do it. Who is to do it for us, he asks, <laughs> in capitals. No one. Darn it. No one can. Others can treat us. They can set the law in motion for us and help us to become prosperous, etc. This is both good and helpful, but the evolution of the individual, the unfoldment of personality, the enlightenment of the soul, the illumination of the spirit can come only to the degree that the individual, him herself, pur purposes to let life operate through the individual one you me now there's a lot others can do to help us and we do need each other to help ourselves we really do this is like what your mother always used to say you can take the horse to the well but you can't make it drink the horse has to drink for himself All right, then. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, he says. Of course, he's quoting from Philippines. This is the mind of God, the only mind, the supreme intelligence of the universe. Now, the question is, can you believe this? Can you believe it right now, sitting where you are, in all of your circumstances, right here, right now, good, bad, or indifferent, can you believe that the mind of God, the only mind, the supreme intelligence of the universe, is right dwelling within you now? is accessible to you now. And that there is only the one power for good in the universe greater than everything and everyone, and you're using it, and it's using you. Can you believe it? Well, what does that mean? When we say, yes, I believe this, I have faith in this, this is what I believe, and our lives are in a mess, what is that saying to us? <laughs> I mean, what does I believe it mean? How does that get translated out into your life and my life and our daily affairs? I think that if we truly had imbibed the experience of belief, 
we would indeed insource things much more quickly and ably, and we would indeed take care of business ourselves. Now, we believe it mentally, is what I'm saying. Intellectually, we believe it. But is the conviction there? Because the conviction is the energy, the feeling energy, the emotional energy attached to the idea. And that's where we all fall down. Because when we believe something emphatically and totally and wholly, it whatever the thing it is that we're challenged by, it doesn't worry us. We're not bothered by it. It's not troubling us. It's not throwing us into fear. Because we believe it's been handled. It's been handled. It's been taken care of. It's working itself out. It's okay. Every metaphysical book you read from the uh, first ones who really brought metaphysics to modern life and living, um, it's a couple of hundred years ago, all say the same thing. They'll say, above everything else, beyond everything else and above everything else, do not worry. When you want to realize something, when you are greatly challenged by something, the first order of things is do not worry. Take no thought of worry into your knowing the truth about this circumstance. Worry not, and that's our biggest challenge because from the time we're knee-high or grasshopper, we learn so magnificently how to worry from the grown-ups around us. Mothers and fathers who say, do you not know I'm worried about you, child? Or I'm worried about your father, or I'm worried about your aunt, or I'm worried about whatever. Now, that's a habit for you and for me that will always be challenged by, and it's a habit that you and I must indeed keep working on. Cast your cares upon the waters of life. Be not afraid, the scriptures say. Be not, fear not, fear not, be not afraid. Now you need to ask yourself today, and I need to ask myself today, how worried am I? about whatever. How worried am I? And on the Richter scale of worry, where do I usually hang out? Somewhere in the middle. Hopefully not too much for the higher numbers. That's one simple thing that you and I could do for ourselves greater than any medicine you could ever take or whatever, is to worry a little less and a little less and a little less. You know on Sundays when we say, do one thing every single day, take one step to make one tiny change that will make your life better. Let's all work on worry. I don't we all, and you know what? We'd be kinder and nicer and better company to be in if we made that decision. 
Because worry is a pain in and of itself. It's painful, worry is. It's pain. It's mental pain. It's emotional pain. And when we're in pain, we have a tendency to lash out at times. Like a little puppy or a little kitten who's been hurt. But we don't know where the hurt is, and you touch it, and, <laughs> and we're wondering why beautiful little Fluffy has all of a sudden turned into G Godzilla or Hilda the Hun. Because we've touched something that was painful, but we didn't know we were doing it. And it's a, it's a reaction. So let's look at worry in our lives at the moment and see where we are on that scale of worry. Because whether you worry about something or you don't worry about something is not going to make any difference to the outcome but one. You'll slow the outcome down. You might even prevent the outcome you want entirely. Because it's like standing on the hose of your good, stopping and blocking the flow. Worry will do it. Because in worry, there is no faith. We have exchanged faith for fear. So worry not. The answer to every question is within you. Because you are within spirit, and spirit is an indivisible whole. The answer to every question is within you. The solution to every problem is within you. The healing of all disease is within you. The forgiveness of all sin is within you. The rising of the dead is within you. We're not talking about bodies here necessarily. We're talking about the rising of beautiful ideas out of the dead ideas we've been entertaining, the worried ideas we've been entertaining is within you. Heaven is within you. This is why Jesus prayed to the indwelling I am and said, Our Father which art in heaven. And again, he says, the kingdom of heaven is where? Within you. And week after week after week passes by. We book after book after book gets read. Class after class after class is taken, seminar after seminar after seminar is taken, video after video after video is viewed, and we're still looking for the kingdom. And yet they've all said the one thing. Ah, yes, but it is within you. Isn't it interesting? We don't like hearing the bad news about ourselves, but we also are not bothered by hearing the good news about ourselves, because if we were jazzed enough, we would get it. We would get it intermittently more often. It is within me, the power, the presence, the infinite, the answers, the intelligence, it's all within me, 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 in that sense. In other words, I can do this. I can do it, whatever it is I'm called to do. I can do it, and not blindly, and uh, uh, not in a Pollyanna-ish way, 
but in a knowing way, in a feeling way, in an absolute certain way of knowing, I can do this. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm not supposed to know how. All I'm supposed to know is that the knower within me knows how, and if I trust the knower within me, and I surrender all my worries and concerns to the knower within me, give it up and hand it over the whole file, not keeping one page aside, then the way will be made straight before me for me to fix, mend, heal, accomplish, whatever. I'm asking again, and it's a rhetorical question. I'm asking myself the same thing. Well, do we believe this or don't we believe this? I'd say mostly we don't believe it in the sense that we haven't imbibed it, we haven't embodied it, we're not convicted in it. Mentally, yes, we're in agreement. But the wholeness of my being, well, not yet. But that's okay. We go all the time in eternity for this to happen. That's a long time. I'm tired thinking about it. Only in a body, because only the body tires. Doesn't have to, but because we worry, etc., it does. This is good stuff. So he goes on to say, we go. We're asked to, unless we go much deeper than thinking of God as merely principle, God is more than law, than principle. God is the infinite spirit, the limitless conscious life of the universe, the one infinite person within whom all people live, the one indivisible whole. And until we get this, we're always going to be worried. I'm summing all of our challenges up in that word, worry. Worried. Oh, you know, she's a worrier. He's a worrier. We're all worriers. But we, become, we can become less of a warrior. And I'm not saying that we can do this um, in an instant. It is possible, but is it probable? Well, for most people, it's not. It's process for most people. It's a great book. It's worth having. And it's worth having patience with. And it's worth digesting it a little bit at a time. And if you come to anything knowing, I'm going to get something wonderful out of this, you will. I wonder, there must be a lot of us worried at the moment here because this seems to be the emphasis. So there must be a lot of us who are worried at the moment about something or another. Well, knock it off. Stop it. Stop it. It's a killer, you know that, worry. Just this little piece at the end I want to, to remind us all. This is practically the last page. It says here, the divine has never withdrawn itself from our presence, never. 
Love has never deserted us. We shall discover that we are and always have been immersed in this thing called life. His word for the infinite. One of his words, life. One of my favorite ones, too, with capitals. It is closer than breathing, nearer than hands and feet, as intimate as our own thoughts, as personal to us as our own breath. We shall discover that our freedom is built upon a foundation so broad that even the passing limitations of our experience and the anguish of our minds were included in this freedom. Do you want to be free is the question. Do you want to be free of your small self? Your tiny, worried, anxious, stressed, tired, weary, unable to self. I do. Some days I've had enough of myself. I don't know about you, my small self. I say to myself, go to your room <laughs> and read something inspiring and come back to yourself. I don't know if you ever feel like that, but some days I feel like that. And again, it's boiling down to the same thing. Look, I can't do everything. I can't even do everything in my own life to take care of my own life, but there's something I can do. And whatever that something I can do, I need to do it. I need to do it, because you can't do it for me, and I can't do it for you. You've got to do it. Why do you have to do it? Because you can. Because you can. Because you're able to. Because you're equal to it. Because you have everything you need going for you to do the one thing that you can do. Take the small change and make it count and matter and improve your life, whatever it is. One small change every day. And now can we embrace worry as the challenge? Can we all embrace the challenge to worry less? The world would be so much better as a result of it. We would be raising, freeing a whole lot of life energy to go out there into the world and support it and help it and make it better. Just think of that, the magic of it. It's pure magic, mystical magic. Me not worrying so much. You not worrying so much. And what will help us not worry so much? The other two things that we have promised ourselves on Sunday mornings. Never to miss an opportunity to keep our mouths shut. And to stop being offended. Because when we take offense, we worry. When we say something and blow it, we worry. Isn't it interesting how everything's connected and it's all the one thing? It's all the one simple 
complicated solution. Knock it off in your mind. The horror stories, the continuous looping of offense and get-uppances that we sometimes unconsciously hope for somebody else. Oh, that one gets her comeuppance. No, we don't. Now, here's the thing, and I've been doing this for a long time. If anybody, or if you allow anybody to upset you in any way, and if they've been really naughty especially, first thing you do is say, I wish them no bad karma for this. Learned that a long time ago. This came to me once. Don't wish any bad karma to anyone unless you want bad karma to come to yourself. And that wasn't the reason I got that in a meditation once. It was just, it made such great good sense to me. Why would I wish upon myself bad karma when there is only the one? See, that's the kicker to everything. That's the kicker. Because as sure as night follows day, as sure as sure, any, any harmful or even slightly negative thing I wish for anything in life or living or anyone in life or living comes right back at me with interest. Does that make any sense? See, if I didn't worry so much through not taking offense and keeping my mouth shut, I would be super blessed, and so would you. And blissful, blissful. Can you just imagine what bliss might be? Imagine walking around bliss out of your mind all the time. And I don't mean with AIDS and helps and being abetted either. Just from within yourself and the elixir from the divine elixir from within yourself. We are mystical, magical wizards. But we don't use our talents as much as we could. Now, I often smile to myself and say, you know what, Mara? It's amazing how well you're doing considering. <laughs> You know so much, and yet you know nothing, or very little. I think the world is doing amazingly well, considering maybe this much of us in the world are awake enough to stop us imploding upon ourselves. Imagine even if we've got to be this much. And yes, the world is better than ever it was ever in history before. Even though people will say it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse and it's never been as bad as this. It's not true. Evolution is a very slow process. I don't know if you've noticed that. 
And I can understand that easily because when you look at your own evolution, you think, oh, you know, it's taken a long time for that to dawn on me. So can you imagine all of life evolving in that magical, mystical gans of things? So I would say stop being so hard on yourself. Knock off all the berating of yourself. That doesn't do you any good at all. Try and catch yourself out when you're getting it. Congratulate that little self of yourself when you've got it. Pat that little self of yourself is like the child of us. The humanity of us is like the child of us. Encourage the child. Recognize the child when the child is really being in that lovely stream of energy. When the child is not hurting his herself anymore. But we're still like children playing with electricity at four years of age or three years or two years of age, you know, sticking your finger in the plug. I remember I had a friend of mine saying that her sister had one child and that child was always running in the hospital or something or another. And she's worried about her sister because she's worried that they think that the mother was a very negligent woman. The kid was either putting the finger into the electricity or whatever, falling into the pool or whatever she could get up to with regard to ex exploring her environment because that's what children do. But you and I are still a bit like that. We're still dangerous to ourselves. It's that, uh, you know, four-year-old energy that remains with us always as long as we're wearing the body. Are we on time? That's good. That's good. Because I know you're eager to get out into the world so that you can be your great, fantastic, blissful, non-worried selves and change the whole thing for the better. And one of the quickest ways of doing that is just to stay right here, right now. Don't look back. Don't look forward at all the things that worried you back there are worrying you out there in the future. Just stay with the moment now and make a decision. This is a great moment right here, right now. This is all I have to do, whatever it is you're doing. And it might be a very mundane thing to do, but be present to it and it won't be mundane anymore. It really won't. The magic is in the little things. And as the great mother general said to Sister Mary Luke in the nun story movie, if anybody has seen it, she says, Sister Mary Luke, the great challenges in life we're always equal to. It's the small infinity of things that catch us off guard. And it's true. So I'm knowing for each and every one of us now, we may have come in the door one way or another, even feeling great, but we're going to go out through those doors now feeling even better, yes? And are we taking truly on the challenge of trying or not trying? Because Jedi masters do and they do not do. They never try. And we all are masters, called to be masters of ourselves. We're all called to be leaders and masters of ourselves. So think of yourself in, in terms of masterhood and not trying do. Stop the trying and start doing. Trying is an excuse. Children try, adults do. Yes? So we are making a commitment to ourselves to worry less 
worry less. So when you catch yourself worrying, you're going to remember, oh yeah, I decided I'm going to worry less. And then maybe say it with a cup of tea or something that's going to change up your psychology and help yourself in that way. And you know what? You'll be bringing sunshine out there wherever you go because your energy will be lovely and fluffy. And fluffy energy works miracles wherever you go. It really does. Big smiles and all of that. And just you knowing who you are and knowing everything is okay and life is precious and so it is, every moment of it. And every day is a gift. And you and I ought to wake up in the morning, doesn't matter what went on before or what nightmares you've had, say, oh, it's another great, good, blessed gift of a day. Yes? See, it's all energy. So you may have to talk yourself into it. You may have to give yourself a good talking to, a high energy talking to. And then you are fine. Off you go, up and running, out and at it. And then, not only are you changing yourself, this is what I, was, I want us all to understand this. Every time we change, whether it's good or bad, we're changing all of life, be it good or bad. All of life is depending upon you and depending upon me. All of life. Not just our families and our friends and people we're responsible to, or for, but all of life is just open and receptive to your blessing and your good. So that's what we're going to do when we go out there into the world, and we're going to conclude the way we always do, with the celebration of our own prosperity and our own fullness and our own plenty that we are so blessed that we can share is an amazing thing because most of the people on the planet are not there yet. So let's take our gift between our blessing hands and say, divine love consecrates my gift. It goes forth to heal, to bless, and to prosper. All those who give and all those who receive. I rejoice in the sharing of my good, and I release my gift with love. And so it is.